Hey guys, and welcome back to my fanfic reading. We're here today to read a different kind of story, and it's not necessarily seasonal appropriate. And I'm reading this one not because I don't have other things, I actually do, but because it's been so cold lately, and I figured a summer story might help us all warm up a little inside. So if you're here for a little bit of ice hour and a little summer fun, a little escapism from the cold and frost outside and to welcome the new year please stay by have fun and relax see you guys at the end summer camp director by the hooligan p available on AO3 she paced back and forth in the airplane Gates, a small suitcase rolling behind her. Her hands tugged at her blue curls. She hoped that the other staff wouldn't be mad at her, even considering how late she was. But in her defense, it wasn't her fault she was this late. She had been early to the airport with enough time to grab some coffee, some snacks at the cafe. What happened was that her plane had been delayed due to a storm that was traveling its way off the northeast coast. So a small hour delay turned into 6 hours plus, and with a time difference of 14 hours, the whole day late for her first ever camp director's assistant job. She looked out the large windows at the obscenely beautiful tropical paradise. The warm air just feeling amazing. So different from the cold she was normally experiencing at this time of year. It was a small airport, as this was a private island which only the super wealthy and elite were invited. Clearly, she was not supposed to be there, but from what she had read from the brochure attached to her acceptance letter, the island were all connected by bridges and each island served a singular purpose. One was for vacationing, the other for camping, and the last one for exploration. She smiled, thanking her professor for giving her this chance. Had he not told her about the opportunity, she would have never even known to apply. At the beginning, she didn't really have much hope. She was stretched for cash. She had her three roommates and they were about to get rent increase that nobody could afford. All of her housemates had decided that this was the final straw and began looking for other rooms in other areas. But it's not easy putting down a whole new deposit and security, not even for a room, as well as starting her new payment plan for the full semester. When she had cried about it to her history professor, he forwarded her the email and within a week she had received her acceptance letter, along with a $3,000 sign-in bonus and an email asking her when she would be available to fly first class onto the remote island. Excuse me, excuse me. A man in an orange Hawaiian shirt called out. She turned around to an extremely loud man who seemed to be running up to her with a sigh. Hey, are you? Oh yes, she nodded. Great, great. I'm Natoshi, the camp health lead, aka the registered nurse. We're supposed to have a camp council pick you up, but that was for yesterday, so sorry about the delay. 
Oh yes, I'm so sorry to be late like this. No, no problem. We heard about the delay. We just glad you're here and safe. Let's get in the car and I'll give you a rundown of Camp Apple. Alright, sounds great. She said, her stomach fluttering with nerves. He told she took her suitcase and loaded it into his mosquitoes' bands. So, about Kim, we have around five counselors, two head counselors, and you probably talk to them on midnight and lunch, and me as the head nurse. Our camp director is Isaac He's a bit of quite an emo guy, but he's actually really cynical with the kids. Also, a team of cooks and cleaners I call around usually in the morning and night. I'm pretty sure you better run down the responsibilities, right? Oh, yes, I read the emails and I'm sure we'll get along. She said with a hopeful smile, trying to keep inside the desperate need for money. All expenses paid work, please. For $1,000 a week, untaxed, for 12 weeks, was not something she was going to give up without a fight. The ride there was beautiful, filled with gorgeous scenery of palm trees, white sands, and beautiful little white homes, surrounded by yellow hibiscus flowers and moss, perfectly blending into its surroundings. It's beautiful, isn't it? The bright side camp isn't too rough. It's more of a glamping situation. An hour had passed and she found herself still driving by a bunch of strange semi-circle homes and beautiful cobblestone roads filled with many colors. Beautiful birds, exotic and weird sounding, flew over her head and her eyes followed them as they flew away majestically. We are. Wow, clamping. <laughs> It doesn't really feel like the right word for this, she said, seeing the buildings, holding lounge chairs and teens drinking from champagne glasses. Oof, this is roughing it. <laughs> I have no idea what I've been doing all my life because, wow. So she laughed to himself. Yeah, the life of the rich and famous is a lot to from your everyday hustle and bustle. But as a stock, we are allowed to enjoy all of the perks. Added a little bit of a wink. She couldn't have a laugh and enjoy the sun setting on her wind-bruised skin. And here is your stock. She opened her eyes to a large circular dome. Is this where I'm staying? Itoshi nodded, parking the car. Oh, don't worry about getting my stuff. I'll go get it myself. Thank you for all your help so far. She got out of the car and quickly took her suitcase. No problems, man. Everything should be, should be inside, including the map, schedule, food options, as well as directory. So, I'll see you later. He tossed the keys and it went straight to her hand. She watched him drive off. Excitedly, she opened the front door to a spacious and fully furnished studio. She placed a suitcase by the Moroccan-style couch and falls deeply into the queen-sized bed topped with a fully seafoam green duvet. Her body melted into the soft, cool sheets.
When she woke up, she was surprised she had fallen asleep in the first place. Shocked and appalled by her behavior, she had not even bothered to introduce herself to the rest of the camp. And it was late in the day. Quickly, she searched for the brochures and the map, which were conveniently placed upon her desk with a phone and laptop. Placing her phone to charge, she quickly grabbed the work phone. Seeing one missed call, in panic, she tried to call back only to be sent to voicemail. She had already felt like a failure, and this was unnecessary feeling. So she exited the tent, and she noticed that her night had already taken over. Looking at her phone, it was 10pm, and decided that potentially, it was not the best idea to wake him up at this time. Some people were early risers. Of course, not her, but other people. Her stomach growled painfully, raising the feeling of nausea. She checked out her map and navigated her way into the cafeteria. She didn't know why she was surprised to find such a small version of a food court better than her college campus. She didn't want to bother with the shops that seemed to have already closed down, so she traveled deeper in hoping to find a kitchen when the smell of freshly baked blueberry muffins lured her into the dimly lit bakery. Her eyes scanned the figure of a shirtless man shaping dough on the kitchen counter. A light brown apron hung from his broad shoulders and tied at a small waist. Black hair was loosely tied and hung over his neck. Without a second thought, she entered the bakery. The chimes welcomed her entrance. I'm sorry, but no kids allowed past 10. If you want something, order it via your app. The resort will have it delivered. The baker said, not bothering to look back. The veins in his hands pulsed as he kneaded the dough, strong arms flexing. He seemed to be really into his work, and she almost felt bad for bothering him. Almost. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> I'm not actually a student here, she said calmly, and this made him stop. Yet the bells from the oven rang, and with a glance over his shoulder, Black Eyes asked so many questions without a single need for words. I'm the new camp director's assistant and I wasn't here yesterday because it was late, but there was a whole storm and the plane got delayed, so I went to pick up the nurse to Sarah Point and I think his name is Satoshi, but when I got dropped off, I got so tired and I never... Oops. She realized it, that now he had turned his whole body towards her. His flower-covered hands around his arms, a small scar underneath his tired eyes, and her stomach dropped. Ugh, he probably thinks I'm crazy. Yeah, so now I'm like hungry, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be fired even before I started. <laughs> she had finished her story, but her shoulders were clearly slumping. He breathed out heavily through flared nostrils, a stone cold expression showing no sympathy or displeasure. His eyes closed as he wordlessly began to move towards the oven. 
Carefully, he removed a row of freshly baked blueberry muffins bigger than her hands. Even though his unfriendly demeanor, he still felt kind and warm, and she smiled as she inhaled the sweet scent. He removed them from their molds and placed them on a tray. The tray was then placed in front of her, with him looking under his nose. Take whatever you want. Are you sure? I don't really want to get you in trouble with your boss or anything. And there's no boss here to get me in trouble. Plus, shouldn't you really for some real food and not just sweets? She shrugged, taking a warm muffin, sinking into her teeth, and letting its fluffiness fill her mouth. She moaned as she tasted the sweetness. The man smirked. Make it that much, you wanted to just keep the whole batch. She shook her head as her cheeks were too full to let out words. He took one himself, biting into muffin, and she felt a bit guilty. She's probably taking his time away from his day. And here she was, just lounging about as the most irresponsible adult there ever was. After he passed her a glass of what seemed like a large orange juice, she thanked him. I guess you never really told me your name. I know I'm just probably bothering you right now, but, you know, I'm just a little overwhelmed. There's so many changes going on in my life. Beside his stoic presence, he seemed to be a really good listener. And she was beside herself, and she found herself just talking nonsense while feasting. While he just continued to bake. And after she had eaten a good three muffins, she was basically tired of talking. Um, so thank you for, like, everything, but, uh... Where do you think I could find a director around here? Or do you think he's like sleeping right now? Personally, I think you already found him. He said flatly. Oh, is he in the building? Yes, he is. Oh, where? Right in front of you. You're not quick on the upkeep, are you? She felt the blood rush to her face. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Mr. Aizawa, right? Aizawa nodded. So, um, am I still gonna keep my job? Who said you lost it? No one, she said softly. She pulled on the blue curls that fell from her ponytail. It had always been a thing that she'd done for comfort, just a way to soothe herself, and she felt very overwhelmed. Yourself of some real food. The convenience store is 24 hours, so at least get yourself a sandwich. And let them know that you're an employee so you don't pay for onset amenities. Okay, cool. You say now extremely awkward. May I ask just one question? Yeah, she nodded. Why blue? I'm sorry, is that not allowed? No, there's no problem. It's just something you don't see often. She tugged once again at another strand, watching it curl as soon as it was released. Um, <laughs> I think I needed a change and I just wanted to celebrate the occasion. So, you know, I wanted to, you know, do something that was fun. I think it's a look for me, she said with a bright smile. He returned a sleepy-eyed nod. Yes, it suits you. Now hurry up and get something to eat. And if you like, I would introduce you to everyone on the team. 
Enthusiastically, she complied, running around trying to get a sandwich, and when she returned, he had been already waiting, fully dressed in a crisp white button-up and black cargo pants. Thank you, she said as he led her outside. He stood silently, and she felt comforted that he was a man of few words, so whatever he said had intent it was probably well thought out. She followed him into a large stage area that contained lounge chairs and beautiful marble fountain that spewed water from Cupid's eyes. Other adults laid about, and after a short introduction, she was able to meet the whole team, who were all experienced teachers and mentors, and she found that the director was a professor at an extremely prestigious university in the fall slash spring semesters. The night had filled with their stories about the first time joining the campsite, which was designed as a resort for teens, with all types of luxuries and amenities of a spoiled rich kid could want. How many took this job as a paid vacation, but all of the people here could potentially be great connections in the future. The next day, her alarm rang off at exactly 8 a.m. sharp. She found herself kind of excited to start her first day regardless of the fact that she had only slept for around 5 hours, and the soft rays of the sun had tickled her skin, making her beam with just a little bit of serotonin. Getting dressed in a long, strappy, flowy dress, she made her way to the cafeteria coffee shop. Good morning, miss. You heard Hitachi say as she got in line behind him. Hey. What's it like to wake up in paradise for the first time? My god, it's been so beautiful. Everything looks so peaceful. I can't even believe I have to waste a gorgeous day like behind a desk. She stared up at the clouds that passed. Don't worry, you probably won't have to be behind closed doors the whole time, trust me. And if you are, you can still get like an hour break. Take the hour, just walk around the beach, you're gonna love it. But don't forget to waste the sun for free. She flashed her brightest smile. Will too. He told she grabbed two cups of coffee, and when midnight appeared, he passed her a cup. Off they went to their respective offices. And she grabbed her order as fast as she could and waltzed into her job, laptop in hand and her coffee in the other. That coffee for me? Aizawa asked. She shook her head. No, this is mine. Because I'm going to need it. Uh, make sure the next time you get me one too. He proceeded with the training, and you learned pretty quickly that the job was going to be very easy. Just listening out or listing out activities for the week, marking down the attendance for each event, and interviewing the teens about what activities that they like to proceed with. In no time, eight weeks had passed, and she had made herself great friends with the other counselors, one of which being midnight that she had taken frequent trips together to the resorts for supply runs. Aizawa come to rely on her early Monday coffees and she loved signing up for activities with the other counselors on her lunch break. But she hardly had enough time to grab a real conversation with Aizawa 
And the more she looked at him, the more she desired his presence. He seemed to always go off and do his own thing, not as if he was hiding, he just held a lot of crew meetings and after work hangouts where so many would proceed to talk and drink that there was no need for tomorrow. She'd grown to love drunk Aizawa, the man who would dance to almost anything, the late night baker Aizawa who made pastries for the whole team, and the early morning sleepy Aizawa with bedhead and low raspy voice that made her insides turn. The days he'd fallen asleep at his desk, she would take out her cardigan and place it over his head so he could rest easily. The way he'd smirk when she'd go off rambling about anything at all. And even the helpful mentor, Aizawa, who takes his time out of his day each day to give out good advice to every kid who came for it. The more time she spent with him, the less she wanted to be away. Her heart became heavy as she thought about the end of summer. How could it be so hard to never see him again? She even thought about how she would miss their late night snacks. Curiosity one day overwhelmed her. She decided to stay back for lunch. At first she didn't notice. And as time ticked by, slowly she took out a book to read. He said, trying to get your attention. I'm surprised you're here for lunch. What's going on? You alright? Just thought that, you know, I could hang out with you for a little while. Me? You know what? If you're that bored, I'll take you to the best summer spot on the island. Wait, wait, it's Friday, right? Hold on, yeah. Okay. You know what? I'll be trying to you Ted today, say seven-ish. Alright. Sounds great, she agreed. And after work, she got dressed up and decided to preemptively take a nap for a good hour. A car honked outside and she placed her hair into a bun at the top of her head, fluffed her curls that flamed her tanned face, and she checked out the mirror, loving the white crochet cover-up that still showed her black high-waisted bikini. She gave herself a quick spin in her platform sandals and she was well satisfied as she strutted out her dorm. Aizawa chilled in his red Ferrari, one arm leaning out the window, in an open beige shirt and loose linen pants that hugged his hips, large sunglasses, and his hair loose around his shoulders. So, they look nice in a professional way. Oh, thank you. You too. She added with a laugh. They drove off, taking the off-road path while she clung to her bag. She saw the campgrounds be left behind her. The beach was all to itself, untouched by the sea, salty breeze freshening her lungs. Aizawa parked a bit away from the water and dragged nothing more than a cell phone and a towel. Taking a blanket from her bag, she spread it out onto the sand, placing her towel and bag on it. This is so gorgeous! Do you mind if I go for a swim? Go nuts! Aizawa said with a nod and she ran off. 
She splashed around, enjoying the push and pull of the waves. So much so that Izel found himself barefoot standing at the edge of the water, his eyes focusing on her as she dived in and out. The hem of his linen pants getting wet, but he doesn't pay it any mind as he follows on after her, the clothes sticking to his body. He's already waist deep when she swims up to him, her hair sticking to her face. Oh, I'm glad you came with me. The water is so cold, but I guess you know I'll get used to it over time, she rambled until he put a finger onto her lips and she instantly fell silent. You should be more vigilant. There are dolphins around here. He watches her eyes as they begin to shine with curiosity. Oh, and by the way, he said, flipping his hair back. I know how to give CPR, just in case you need it. She swallowed. When he removed his finger, he saw a shy smile that was of a much calmer woman. Go on. Don't let me be the one to ruin your excitements. He dove deep into the water and she followed, holding onto his hands. Unexpectedly, he pulled her into his arms. Her eyes fell onto his devilish smile and bubbles formed within them. Like their own personal siren call, she pushed herself forward, closing in the distance. The soft feeling of flesh melded together in cold blue waters. Their bodies asking for more, more closeness, more softness, more passion, more flames. His lips pushed hers open, his tongue finding hers, and her fingers exploring up his arms, finding their home at the back of his neck. Strong hands grabbed at her hips and pushing her up. The water gave way and intertwined bodies. They breathed. Her body slid down his, slowly disconnecting. Sorry, <laughs> I think I might have jumped on that one. Oof, don't apologize anymore. You might actually hurt my feelings. He said with just a little bit of humor. Her hand immediately slapped back at his arm. Don't say that! What? Why not? To die between your thighs might be my number one way to go. Wait, are you really into me? Still not quite quick on that uptick. Shame, shame. Jumped into his arms, the wave feeling like something solid hit her thighs. Hello everyone, I'm just here wishing you all a happy new year, uh, blessed, good health, good money, good times, good laugh, um, so yeah, just please enjoy the new year, I, I hope good things come, I hope all these pandemics stop, and you will join me the next time, bye!
see you next year.